episode 116 by Odin's Beard. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. And welcome back to The Games We Play, a podcast about board games, tabletops, RPGs, miniatures, but always about the games we play. I'm your co-host and co-founder of The Games We Play, Brian, and with me this week, my co-host and co-founder, Chris. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. And this week is episode 116. We're going to be talking about some board games. We're going to be, obviously, <laughs> talking about what's been on our table. Uh, we're going to do some love and hate. We're going to be talking about selfish shame. We're going to be uh, following up with uh, some games potentially here. And then talking about maybe another game or two that we want to play. And then that'll probably wrap us up. We'll, we'll see what, uh, how we're doing on time. And then we'll just go from there. All right, uh, before we get into our first segment, Chris, how are things been going with you? Things have been going well. Um, Kids are getting ready to go back to school. We got Emily and Grace off to college. Um, Our school system starts a week late because they built a a new intermediate building, so they pushed it back to start another week. So by the time this podcast lands future time uh the kids will be back in school so it'll just be baron and i um working from home because <laughs> jamie will be back in the school system working and stuff too as well so uh, what are you gonna do when it's all quiet uh, at the house and <laughs> focus on work and uh, enjoy enjoy the peace and quiet yep yeah. i got I, yeah. I i have a week under my belt of that and yeah. it's um it's been really nice. It was a very productive week. All, a little busy. Worked a lot of extra, but yeah, and that's that's awesome. Uh, I'm sure get, just even getting the kids up to college. I, I oh man, I'm sure that's just even tons of time and yeah, yeah. But they're uh, they they both made it. Um, Emily, the oldest, is at uh, Grandview University in Des Moines, and Grace is a um, sophomore at uh, Iowa State University. So. They're, they're both loving it. Talked to them a lot this week, and they said they transitioned well. Nice. Very nice. Well, that's always a transition. Now you got two, you got two in college. Does that make you feel old? <laughs> no, no, that doesn't. My knees make me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, would, I could see that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, now it's it's almost, heck, when this drops, it's, it's pretty much September. Um next week is or this week is september you got some conferences coming up with uh or should i say conventions coming up here yeah uh, which one's first geek geekway of the west or gen con I gen con is in september and then the oh, geekway man. was pushed uh to because i want to say normally it's in may um it was pushed october so yeah nice. yes so did you get all your uh did you get signed up for events and stuff yet for gen con we did um so Likely me, I, I created the spreadsheets and uh, well, I mean, you have yes, to. yeah. So Rob and I did get signed up for some events. We didn't get all of the ones we wanted to, but sure. um, we did. So we start off uh, the that Thursday with "Don't give up the ship." This is a oh gosh, one, two, three. 
it's like a six hour um oh my adventure thing yeah it's 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 a game <laughs> yeah yeah it's a game rob uh <laughs> rob wanted to uh do so um we're like oh, okay boy. we're gonna do that so we start off with this uh then we go king of tokyo dark edition tournament that night so Ooh. yeah i haven't i haven't played the dark edition yet have you oh yes yep yeah, i i own it okay. have it i there's there's a neat mechanic they've added to like uh skill up as you get these mm-hmm. experiences on the, the stuff on the side yeah so it's yep. as you reach it you get new abilities and stuff and i thought that was really cool i like that yeah nice. so yep so then i'm gonna do friday morning i'm gonna do some shadow run i got my one shadow run adventure in nice. and then i've got um while i go to the dice tower live rob got into a flames of war operation hercules tournament so he's going to be oh, doing the flames yeah. of war Nice. Then uh, Saturday morning, we start off bright and early with a Dawn Patrol. Um, so Dawn Patrol is an old World War One uh, flying aces uh, uh, oh. airplane game. So uh, mm-hmm. there's Wings of Glory, which I have a lot of yeah, Wings, of like Glory, Wings of Glory, Wings of uh, Wings of War, Wings of Glory. Um, that, but uh, this Dawn Patrol was uh, came out before that. So we uh, we got hooked into that, and um, so yeah, so that's basically it right now. We're op- uh, open a little bit. There's a couple other ones we're trying to look to see if they do uh, pop up if somebody um, um, if it gets unbooked. But uh, yeah, so we signed up for a few, give us opportunities to walk around and uh, visit the exhibitor hall and check out, kind of see what changes are are a little different. Um, But uh, what's... Yeah, it should be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, I'll be curious. We'll obviously have some check-ins when we get closer. Oh, yes, we will. When's the date for Gen Con? Uh, September 16th through the 19th. Oh, boy. So you got three weeks here. Yeah, it's it's just coming up. Yep. Nice. Oh, cool. So we'll have to. Actually, that's two weeks from this upcoming this Thursday. Uh, man, that's going to come up pretty quick, actually. So uh, we'll have to stay tuned. We'll we'll probably check in with you, talk talk to you, see how uh, how Gen Con is going. That'll that'll be fun. Um, I, I'm kind of sad not to be going, but uh, you know. what are you going to do? It is what it is. It next is year, what it is. I got tickets for next year. So we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, cool. That sounds like fun. Uh, we got a lot of stuff on the horizon with that. That uh, that's pretty exciting. Um, I'm excited for you, Gen Con. It's always so much fun. Uh, I, I'll just be really curious to see how this year is going to differ from previous right. years, just with the the different publishers not being there, um, it being scaled back with the amount of people. I don't know. We'll see. It might be nicer just with at least with the. I think it's half capacity, is it not? With that's the of- that's what they're saying. It's supposed to be half capacity. Oh, that's um, kind of nice. They're uh, they're limiting some areas, but uh, for uh, continued gaming after hours, they are leaving open a couple of the uh, um, halls uh, open for twenty four hour gaming as well as uh, some of the, the hotel uh, ballroom areas. they I was reading an article on that. Oh. So they are still try, having try some of those. Try to spread it out more, yeah. opposed to just the one room, big room. I mean, yeah. it's a big room, but still, yeah, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people there. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We did get our hotel room, like we previously mentioned, about the Staybridge. Love that. So that's literally two and a half blocks away. Uh, great walking distance, as, as Rob, we were like, yeah, let's just nice, nice warm-up walk get to get ex- Yes, wake up, wake up, walk into, uh, yep, get our steps in, all that good stuff. Yeah, loving it. Yep. So cool. Looking cool. forward. 
Well, sounds good. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more as we get closer or after. Um, so let's go ahead and just move in and, um, you know, let's hit, um, let's hit what's been on our table here and uh, talk about some games we've been playing. All right, what's been on our table? A segment where we talk about a game or two that's been on our table. We go into a little detail, but just kind of high overview. Just talk about some details and how we like it and our impressions and whatnot. So, Chris, what's a game that's been on your table this week? Uh, this week, this is this game's one of our favorites, and it's one of Jamie's favorites, and she wanted to pull it off the shelf again and play it, and it is Century, the Gollum edition, the the, oh, the first right. edition of the game. She that's her favorite. She really likes that one, just with the the cards and the, the kind of the deck deck building, engine building kind of action of that. Um, so we we love we love the Gollum edition with the crystals, the card art mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. just your regular spice edition that kind of bit but so yeah so we got that out and played and i actually actually we we both hit our um our highest score and but yeah so my best score i get 89 points jamie got 75 so that was my my top score and her personal best we had the yeah it, it was good i mean she was yeah uh, it was funny because I was doing a little trick. She she went first and she beat me to one of the the top uh, uh, golems, and uh-huh. I'm like, gosh, I can't keep playing this catch up. So I went a route yeah. to like it looked like I was going for this other golem and had enough to buy it, but didn't, and bought uh, worked and got and bought this other one, and it really it really frustrated her because no, she goes, she's like, you have the the gems to purchase that, you, you need to purchase that. I'm like, oh, I don't. I, there's nowhere in the rules that says that. <laughs> So I was making her think I was going this way and and pulled a, a fast one on her and that and that kind of messed messed with her and she was like ah because she was end up working towards it that didn't realize because she thought I was going to another one and I got it before yeah, her yeah. and that yeah I mean that's that's yep. the way you almost have to play yeah. I mean yeah Co- Corey does that too yep. he, he's he's brutal when it plays that yeah uh, such a great game it is uh, Emerson Matsuchi you gotta yeah. gotta love him man he he makes some solid games like that i love the engine building yep. in that one that one just feels really solid um you know if you like if you like splendor which which is a solid little engine building man yep. but this is like splendor but better by far it's such a good game it's, it's one of my favorites i agree i agree building. it's it is one of our top games and it's it's a game that's uh we'll, we'll pull out and love to play and it's one of the and it's it's really easy i mean one of the things about this game I love is the game insert for the rules. It's a two-sided uh, cardboard piece, uh, like thick paper. It's not super thick, but in, uh, but anyway, it's got pictures, it's got the rules. It's so quick to pick up. Literally, mm-hmm. you read this thing. It's two-sided. Within five minutes, Short you rules. have everything you need to know um, how to play yep. the game. And it's easily, if you forget something, you just reference that. Oh, it's, And it's, it's pretty intuitive, too. Yeah. Even, even the game play is pretty intuitive and i really like i really like how these some of these games like this it's on your turn you just do one thing yep and then you're done you got one action so it makes it really quick it's not like are are you done are you done is my turn yet well did did they take an action or not yeah they took an action so it's my turn that's what just makes the flow just super fast you know yeah and it does play well with two players and it plays well with four players it's great yeah and that that was you're right that was a nice thing because jamie would do an action and i do an action and it'd go back back and forth back and forth i mean literally we would take 30 seconds to do a a turn 
Yeah, we, the, the more you play the game, the better oh, yes. you can be, and the faster yep. the game goes, and um, the more strategies you see. Um, you, build, you know, assuming yep. you play the game right. Um, <laughs> you know how many years we play? I played that game where I didn't realize. You know, you know the cards where you you trade in a because. Basically, the deck of cards, right, is either you just acquire gems, right? You just play it, and mm-hmm. you get whatever's printed. There's the second type where you upgrade, so you can upgrade one or two or three gems to an, another color, right? Because they're kind of tiered up. Yep. Um, and then the third type is the majority of them where you it might it would have a printed uh, cost, and then you get this many. So you might turn in a green and get a blue and two yellows, yep. for example. Well, <laughs> we played how many times that you could actually multiply. Uh, however many times, as long as you have enough turn in for yes. the trade. Yep. Um, so it let's first in my example, if you turn, if it says blue to a green and a yellow, for example, uh, if you have three blues, you could do that three times on your turn when you play that card. Uh, <laughs> I did. I don't know. I I guess I didn't read it right in the rules. And apparently, you can do as many times. That makes a big difference in the game. Yeah, it does. like a huge difference. It makes the game not only a lot fast faster, but it makes uh, getting certain cards in your your engine even more powerful. Uh, so, whoops. <laughs> yeah, one of those rookie mistakes when you first play a game, you, you you don't think about it, but then you're like, oh, wait a minute, I have three of these now. So can I do that? Yeah. With it all makes three, the game so much it does. better. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it <laughs> makes it quicker because the, the whole part of that is converting this gem into these gems or this gem. Yeah, that kind of bit, these gems into that gem. And so you, you get going, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. Yeah, you can go ham on it, man. If you get a really good combination, right. like a really slick combination, you can. Oh yeah, well, it feels really good when you're like do 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 do, and then boom, you're like you got all these gems, and I'm gonna buy that twenty pointer. Yeah, oh, it feels so good. And collect it's, that coin, exactly. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and then the the metal coins that yeah, come. Those with that are game, awesome. Just, that, that whole the whole production of that, the art is good, the cards are nice, but then the gems, the crystals, mm-hmm. uh, and then the mm-hmm. coins. Those, I mean, yeah. that's nice metal, good, nice uh, good um, design on them and stuff. Good feel, tactile feel. Yes, yeah. Oh my gosh, and it's twenty under thirty dollars. I, I game. Yeah, it so, depends. I think MSR MSRP is like thirty to forty, yeah. but yeah, you can find it like thirty twenty to thirty dollars on game nerds and stuff like that. And if you if you can find the mat yep. that comes with the game mat, which is sold separately, but man, that game mat's nice. The game, and then obviously you. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, the game mat is for um the second and third edition, correct? Is there one for the first? Uh-huh. Just, they made game map for all three. Oh, okay. I have I have a different one. I have the one with the for the second edition. I got a mm-hmm. okay. And, and it's not technically second edition, it's the oh, second me. of the correct, trilogy. Correct. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Because they make three games. So it's basically the same mechanics, but first game is cards. Second game is is like a movement where you have, it's like a board with tiles and you're moving it, but you're still trading stuff in, but it's based on you moving your ship around and building uh, these like settlements. And then the third one's worker placement, and all of them have still the same mechanics with yeah. the gems and trading and trying to get points and trading those in, which is so it kind of takes the same one and kind of changes it with the different mechanics, which is kind of cool. Um, and then you can obviously combine the different games too if you buy all three, and they're all very distinct distinctly different they all feel different when you play them anyway which is really nice so if it feel it feels good even if you have the first second third game you're not really wasting 
money per se on the same thing. But yeah, I mean, great game. I mean, I love this game. It's so good. The game we good. do too. And the Gollum edition is really good. Yeah, so that's that's what's been on our table lately. Nice, very nice. Well, uh, the big thing that's been on our table, and this kind of goes with with the shelf of shame, is we did get a feast for Odin on the table uh, this week. Uh, this was like a multi night thing where yeah. like I got it set up and read the rules. Well, I kind of had it partially set up where I like had punched everything out because there's a million punch out boards. It took me like an hour to punch and organize everything. And they had the trays and stuff, which is really nice to get it all organized. Uh, so I did that like a few weeks ago. I think we talked about it on the podcast, uh, but I kind of got things, um, set up. Um, and then I read the rules and then we finally played it. So the rule book is like, Hmm. 20-something pages, um, and so that's that's a lot, and there's there's three booklets that go with the game, so there's a whole book that just breaks down every card in the game and explains it, which is kind of nice. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit why what those cards are, and then there's a whole booklet where it just talks about, because the idea of this game, Feast for Odin, is it's, it's supposed to be like a Viking theme, yes. so like an older game, and so this whole booklet kind of breaks down different things in the game and how it relates to, like, from actual historic standpoint of, of why it was relevant to the Viking culture and stuff like that. It's, so really interesting, and so it, I don't know. It's a it's a thick book. So it's all just historical information about Vikings and why this is in the game oh, nice. and how it relates to it. Uh, so it's almost a booklet on why this theme is accurate <laughs> or historically accurate, almost. Uh, but it, it, that's a that's cool. I mean, that's I mean, it's neat. But I, I probably won't read it. But right. I could see where that would be really interesting, or some people would really like that. Um, but anyway, so Feast for Odin, essentially, it boils down to a, if I was going to boil it down to a game, mechanics, it, it's basically a worker placement combined with tile placement. And that's the game uh, in a nutshell, but it's far more complicated that <laughs> than that. Uh, so this is kind of a heavier game. You you can play single player. I think there's some solo rules. Uh, it's one to four players. It's supposed to be 30 minutes per player. Now, maybe that's when you played it a few times and you really know it. But if my, in reality, it's probably longer than that. I think our first game was about two hours. Um, I think the first few turns... And we did play a short game. The first few turns uh, definitely took longer than the last couple turns. Once we got flow in it, it was it was not that big of a deal. But this is a crunchy game because <laughs> there, there's like there's fourteen, I think fourteen steps or phases to a yes. turn or a round. <laughs> And they they even come with this board that uh, that you put down with a cube that tracks what turn you're on or what step you're on in the round and so you move the cube down not only to to remind yourself where you are uh but so you keep track of that uh i've never seen that in a game that has you know phases or steps in a round that you have to track it, it has its own board like full color printed uh but that was kind of nice touch uh but the the main part of the game is is some of the I mean some of the phases are super simple it takes like two seconds right but the right. M- main part of the game like what you'll be doing the most time on is definitely the action placement or the worker placement of it but there's this action board that comes with it that's 
it i think it was three feet tall oh like it's it's a it folds out it's like a board that folds yeah. down to fit in the box but i i had it and there wasn't much room because i had it with of my of my table and i know my playing table area is four feet so it, it was about three foot and on it there's there's basically four columns and it's all broken in different in like six different types of actions so there there's at least 30 or 40 different places you can place a worker on for actions <laughs> so nice. that's where i think that's where the game gets a little complicated because like most worker placement games you kind of have to know what all the action spots do that you put your worker on yes. and so that that took a lot of the time now there's a lot of iconography on this that's pretty consistent once you learn the iconography it is really easy to remember what those actions are so you're looking at the action board it, it got to after like a turn or two or round or two that it was easy to remember what that is when you're looking at scanning where I'm going to put my worker. You're like, oh yeah, that's that, that's that because of the because of the symbology. So that's nice. So once you get the symbology down, I think it was pretty easy. Where where this game is tough is just trying to figure out what you want to do because there's so many actions and so. Uh, the gist of the game is is there's all these different tiles uh, ranging from two squares up to like eight or 12, and they're different colors. So they're kind of tiered. Think like your century game where your your crystals are tiered. Mm-hmm. You, got, you got your orange, red, green, and blue. And depending on the color of the tiles where you can place it, and there's a multitude of different boards. So you can actually get like three new boards for these buildings that go on your normal player board, or you can even get these, uh, explore other islands and buy these other big square Island boards that you add to your main board and your main board's already pretty big. And, and it's kind of a square grid. And the idea is these, these goods, these squares or these tiles, um, you're placing them on these various boards covering up the squares and doing that gives you more income. It gives you bonus goods that you can get later on. Uh, but also printed on these boards are negative victory point spots, which are, (laughs) you want to cover those up obviously, because you don't want negative victory points at the end of the game. Uh, you can also collect livestock like cows and sheep that you can actually breed, which gives you more of those, which then you can use to place on your boards, or you can place them, or you can give them, uh, because one of the steps is you actually have to provide food to the Vikings on a table, and if you don't have enough spots, then you get negative victory points. There's a lot of negative victory points in this, which is kind of an interesting design concept, just as a side note, is having negative victory points versus positive victory points, but neither here or there. Um, And so you're just, this is what you're doing. You're just trying to, the idea is you're trying to get as many goods uh, and get as many victory points because uh, things like those sideboards uh, on your main board, there's a way to get victory points depending on what you unlock. Um, there, I mean, there's just a laundry list of things that give you victory points at the end of the game. Um, and so you're just trying to figure out how I'm going to do this because on, on your board, certain color tiles can go on this board, but not this board. And these colors, when you're placing them on your board, can touch each other orthogonally, while some can't. They can only they can't touch. And so you're having to then figure out how you're going to place it on your board, how I'm going to get up to this green one or blue one, and like how much food I need to well set aside this food, which is orange and red, but then I need to upgrade these to green and blue. And then, and also on top of it, 
as spots on the action board fill up, only you know only one could be filled by one person. Well, the actions to the right get more expensive for your coworkers, where the left one is one worker and then two workers, three workers, and four workers, and so that starts getting more expensive. And then at the same time, you have these cards, which are called occupation cards. These are the cards I was talking about. Um, that you can play out and they give you one-time effects or ongoing effects. So it kind of has an engine building of, uh, a thing to it so you can upgrade so you can get more goods or upgrade and make things cheaper and stuff like that. So you're having to manage all of this and a lot of the actions cost things and you're transforming and you're just, it's it's a lot. It's very crunchy. It's, it's easy in concept with, with the play of placing workers and actions. It's easy going through the rounds of what you have to do. Like, it's very easy. You're reading through this rule book and you're like this. Okay. I get this. I get this. I get this. This is easy. This is easy. Okay. That makes sense. That's makes. And then you finish up and you're like, okay, now how do I put this together? <laughs> it, 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 it almost feels, have you ever had a big project, like a big, uh, like got a big Lego, uh, thing. Um, you're, you know what I'm talking about, oh, yeah. where it, it's like a big ship, and they have all the instructions, and you're like little little piece by little piece. This is easy, but then it just is like, how is this all going to come together, or something like that? That's what it feels like with this game. And you come away at the very end, and you're like, okay, that was that was kind of fun. And you definitely have to be in a mindset when you play this game. Um, you know, obviously this is a heavier game, but you know, and it's not a game for all occasions, but when you walk away, it, it felt like really um, puzzly, like kind of got that satisf satisfaction from the puzzly and just thinking about how I could do this different. It's definitely a learning curve, definitely a game that you're wanting to play multiple times and you're just going to get better and better and better at it. And I really enjoyed it, actually. I really liked it. I, I definitely see why people enjoy this, why it's popular. Um, and I can see why it's expensive. I mean, there's so many components, so many components. I mean, this thing, playing a two-player game, almost filled up our whole table, uh, my board game table. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, 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 I don't think I could play four players at my table with this game. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there would be space. Uh, it, it would be one of those situations that when somebody plays, they're going to have to ask for things and people are going to have to be handing and grabbing pieces because it's not going to be in reach for every player. Be just There's no way to make everything in reach for every player in this game. So I uh, really enjoyed this game. I definitely need to get a couple more games under my belt. Uh, we just played with, I, there's four, three or four decks of cards and they're like labeled ABC. And I think they get more advanced I guess for the occupations. And so we only played with the a and you can start playing with the B and C and mix them up. So there's definitely some replayabilities. Uh, yeah. So great game. Really liked it. Uh, just want to play it more. And uh, yeah, so that was feast road and I, you know, got off the shelf of shame. We'll talk about that here in a sec, but uh, definitely worth it. And um, yeah, nice. Good stuff. I've heard good things about it. It just sounds like you need a bigger game table to play it. <laughs> Got to build yeah, another yeah, one. Exactly. <laughs> Honey, I'm sorry. We need a new game table. It doesn't fit Feast of Odin. Oh, my. It did fit with two players. Yeah. Just barely. Just barely. It's still set up on the table. Uh, I think Emily and I were talking about playing it again. Uh, we were going to play it this weekend, but this weekend's been super busy with stuff. Uh, but we'll probably play it again this next week. 
just because it's worth it keeping on the table, just the, the savings and setup <laughs> is worth it. And um, I, I did like, I like smeared Emily. Uh, she went down one path to try and do it, you know, but it didn't kind of work out. And uh, I went down one route and it did work out. And um, it kind of reminded me of, you know, an Everdell. Uh, it's another worker placement. In Everdell, you start out and you're like, how am I ever going to get 16 cards played in my city? Like, yep. this is not possible. And maybe the first time we didn't, I don't think we got closest. No, of course, we played with the, the we played wrong with the legendary cards, but that's neither here or there. Um, <clears throat> but I think the first couple games, I never got close or got close to 16. And I remember the last time I played, I was 16 by like round three and like I had to be judicious about what I was playing and I got, I had to even bring one of those buildings in that you could destroy other buildings, you know, to to be able to get upgrade to basically get more victory points. Um, That's what reminds me of Feast of Odin where the first time you play, like how, how am I even going to fill up my main board, let alone get an expedition Island, get one of these houses that adds more squares because if you don't fill them up, you're going to lose points. So you have to at least invest some to get spaces filled up to even make it worth it because the boards have victory points on them, but then you subtract the points. And so if you didn't, if you just bought one and didn't get anything, you would lose points on some of these boards. So you'd have to fill them up to make it worth it. And I, the whole time I was like, I just, I don't see how you're going to be able to do this. And by like my last turn, I filled up my whole board and I had some extra spaces. I'm like, okay, well that's how. I guess I should have bought another island to fill up stuff, but yeah. So definitely one of those games that uh, has a learning curve. Very crunchy. Um, you, you think it's going to be like rich and Viking theme, which technically it is. I mean, they have a whole book talking about it, but it's it's not like um, as thematic per se, or the theme doesn't necessarily uh, play out as much as you think like Champions of Midgard or something like that. So I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it felt like Vikings kind of right, but it was like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain it. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it is what it is, but you do, you do get to pillage. There's pillage actions nice. and you get to roll dice and you have little boats. You better. It's a Vikings game. There better be some type of pillage. And your workers are Vikings. Yeah. I mean, it's there. It just didn't feel as prevalent per se as like champions, but I mean, the theme's there. I understand that, but I don't. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, it is sure. a worker placement, tile placement game. I mean, how? Yeah. Anyway. So. All right. Well, that's enough of Feast Road, and uh, check it out. Definitely a heavier game, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> uh, will take a long time to play and learn, but uh, definitely enjoyed it. All right, Chris. Uh, that's what's on our table. So let's move on to Shelf of Shame. Hit on that real quick, and uh, then we'll go on. All right, Shelf of Shame. This is a segment where we talk about a game that we consider Shelf of Shame. We kind of throw out one that we want to play, and then we talk maybe about one previously and and move on from that. And the idea of Shelf of Shame is a game that's been on our shelf that we haven't played. It it can be in shrink or not. doesn't matter. But it's a game we haven't played, but typically to be a shelf of shame game or how people typically talk about it. It is a game that everybody raves about or, you know, is somewhat popular. It's supposed to be a decent game. We just haven't got around to it. So, Chris, uh, I believe previously you had a game on a shelf of shame. Yes. Uh, it was The Crew. Is that correct? That that was the prior one. Yep. 
Did you get a chance to play? Yes, yes. This nice. this is a very fun trick taking game. Um, it's, and pers- cooperative. it's cooperative, which I I like cooperative games. It's it's very I, mean, I love cooperative too. Yeah, but I mean for trick taking, like that's weird that it's a cooperative. Right. Yeah. It play uh plays three to five, and really it's. You know, it says boxes twenty minutes uh, playing time, but you you can play a round in a few minutes, and you play multiple <laughs> yes. rounds. So, I mean, you play multiple yes. rounds to get to twenty minutes. So, and it's oh, and yeah. it gets progressive oh, yeah. as you go um, with complexity and so, and yeah. but it's 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 really neat. A very novel concept of a cooperative trick taking game, mm-hmm. and space theme. Uh, it's, it's it's the it's the crew, the quest for planet nine, and um. So I like it. I mean, it's 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 a strategy game, and there it's just heavily involved with teamwork. You have to work together uh, to be successful on yep. this, but with limited information. With limited information, and so, and sometimes your hands are tied. Yep. Where you can't, like they make it difficult in some rounds where you can't communicate. Yeah, and there's 50 different missions in this, so mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of replayability, I think, or gameplay in it. I think there's a with oh, the yeah. 50 missions, and then still, this is a game that we'll, we'd play it, put it back on the shelf, pull it out later on, and even do the same missions again. It's still fun kind of bit and it can play can come out completely different absolutely can, sometimes it can be easy depending on what your mission cards are or it can be really hard depending on what comes out yeah so and this is one i do want to get uh to play a little bit more um and just get the, get the feel and get get to some of those later missions and stuff we just basically got the got a few one a uh, few missions in because it, it, it's a really nice stair stepping as it throws different mechanics yeah. in too, I think. Yes. Um, because mainly how the game goes, right? Each mission will give you the requirements of how many of those mission cards you need to do, if you can have communication, how many communication tokens you can have, um, requirements as tend to. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, essentially, though, like depending on how many mission cards are, there's all there's like basically two decks, right? There's the deck of the actual cards themselves and the different colors and the numbers, and then there's another deck that basically is is a copy of all those, but it's a different size, if I recall. And 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 so it says if you have two mission cards, you randomly select from there, and like let's say it's a pink nine and the green two um basically the before you even start playing you you um depending again on the mission it tells you that can change but you basically draft and pick those based off your hand and the idea is you complete the mission if if those people or the people that got those cards take that card as you're playing through a trick into their into their bag or trick or you know depending on what term you use for trick taking uh and that's basically complete so and in some of the rounds like it could be the second hand and you got it and it's not a big deal like you can just get it in the first second round um or you might have to play through all your cards because it might come down the last card and so um yeah, it, it's it's a really interesting game for trick taking cooperative. Yeah. Like, who would have thought that would work? Exactly. Uh, but but it plays really well. It plays really well. It's fun. If you like trick taking, it definitely has still the same feel as trick taking, right? Because you still have to f- think through, like, set up your partner for playing low or sloughing, or sometimes trying to go high so then they can slough off and reading what they're playing and reading what the other person played to try to set up. 
and sometimes using those communication tokens to show a card uh, might be, you might have to do that. Say, hey, like, look, I got this high one. And so, yeah, it's great. Very good game. Very, very puzzly uh, cooperative yep. game. I, I really like it. So do and I. And you know they're coming out with another one, yes, right? Yes, I they're did. They're coming out with like a deep sea one coming up I soon. I did hear that they are going to redo um, redo a theme. It's not going to be space theme, is it? Or is it? No, it's an underwater That's one. What it I is. think it, I think they're yep. adding new mechanics yep. in, so it's like a, another standalone right. game. Because I mean, the first one didn't it win like? Oh my gosh! It wasn't nominated for Spiel des Jahres or yes, something like that. I think we talked about this tons and tons. Yeah, I, I read through the the board game geek listing and tons of tons of awards. Uh, some in uh, many in foreign languages. Uh, yeah, a lot of German. <laughs> well, I think it. De- yeah. I think it deserved it. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Sometimes you see these games that come along that are kind of pretty innovative. Yes, where exactly. They're different. Something they haven't done before. And now we, I think it seems like every year I see one or two new trick-taking games that are cooperative or yeah. have like a new thing. So I'm fine with it. I love trick-taking games. So the more, the better, if you ask me. But uh, I, I can't get enough trick-taking games. That's for sure. I, I love these games. So That's cool. That's cool. And did, did you just play with Jamie or? Yeah, and the kids. What'd they think? Uh, they liked it. Uh, they were uh, very um, receptive to uh, playing with us and stuff. So. Nice. Yes. Had they played trick-taking games before? I was just curious, um, like, how that went. Like, I'm trying to remember if one of our other favorite trick-taking games is Diamonds. We've got the second edition. Oh, okay. And I'm trying yeah. to think. I know Jamie and I played that a lot. I'm trying to remember if any of the kids played that. I No, we don't We don't play a lot of regular coil card-type trick-taking games. Uh, yeah. we, we play the these hobby board games. That's We spend our time No, away. no, I yeah, get so that. Yeah, they, I was just, they really I was just curious because, yeah. Yeah. Because Emily and I grew up playing trick like actual right. trick taking hearts, games, hearts yep. spades yep. pinochle and so it definitely trick taking it's its own genre and and it seems like younger kids nowadays haven't grown up with it i've heard um i've heard a lot of you know people getting into the hobby who hadn't played trick taking games it's kind of a um, it's a little more difficult to try to get into that mindset because yep. trick taking just that mechanic alone implies a lot where yeah you can learn the rules of like sloughing when you can play trump or not trump when you have to follow suit i mean those are the basic things of trump or trump of uh trick-taking games but man there's a lot of strategy that goes in there and reading between the lines and if like that's a learned skill oh, yeah. mechanic that uh goes and plays into things that uh if you haven't had the experience you might not know when to use a communication token or something so I, that's why i was just curious how that went over so Good stuff. All right. Uh, I did talk about Feast for Odin, so it went over really well. I won't talk about it again. Um, glad I played it, uh, but that was like a multi-night thing plus school this week. Yeah, so that was yeah. that uh, took up some of our time, and I think we got over at like 11-something at night one night. I was like, oh, man, it got late. So, Chris, uh, let's finish up the segment. Uh, let's throw out another game for a shelf of shame, a game that we want to play here in the next uh, couple weeks. We might, we'll have to talk off air some other time because in the next couple weeks you'll be gone, but yes. we'll figure it out with the schedule. Maybe it'd be kind of even fun. Maybe call in and check in and we can add that into the podcast as a segment like uh, check in with Chris yeah. and Gen Con or something. We'll talk about it off air, but it could be fun. I, I have the equipment that we can do it. Like it might not be the best quality if you're doing it on your phone or something, but we can make it work. Anyway, uh, game on your shelf of shame that you would like to pull off here. My next shelf of shame game is Smash Up by Paul Peterson, a 2012 oh, game. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a card um, kind of what well, it calls itself a shuffle building game. 
shuffle. Yeah, yeah not yep. deck building, but it's a shuffle building game of total yeah, awesomeness. It's definitely not a deck building. Yeah. But uh, so basically, um, you uh, you smash basically two factions type together you tag them um it, it talks about what do pirates ninjas robots zombies aliens wizards and some other things have in common they're all trying to take over the world and you basically you you from what i understand you take two things um mm-hmm. and put them together so you have like ninja robots and um mm-hmm. you know or or pirate zombies stuff like that mm-hmm. and yep. they have special abilities and you yep. battle um the other person this is a it, 2 it, to 4 and player it's area control yeah, yeah okay area control that makes sense 45 minutes um yeah so yeah basically in your turn you're you're playing cards from your hand you have a deck obviously that you shuffled up and it's area control where there's areas and they give you victory points for controlling it and there's rules that when you you trigger the control the new areas come out and you basically if there's people at the same location you duke it out and resolve effects and every deck has kind of its own theme or mechanic if you will uh do you have like the big box or just like the basic one i have the base box with eight factions and uh 20 cards each this is something i got Got like on a black friday sale for dirt cheap uh it's it's been around a while and there's tons of expansions but i thought Mm -hmm. you know give it a try just with the base faction and um see if we like it well when you talk about it next time we'll we'll have to talk about it because my uh my uh I know I played with Corey too when we played it, and um, we walked away with not the greatest. Oh like, yeah, but it might have been who we played with, and uh, we'll, we can talk about that out there, not to blast people. <laughs> but uh, you'll the minute I tell you who we played with, you'll know why. Um, so I'll be curious to see your thoughts are, and I'd be curious to play it again. Maybe if you like, yeah. it, I'd love to maybe play it with you or something. Cause just sometimes the person you play with can kind of makes things, a big especially difference, especially when it's a. Uh, an angry person. Yeah. Okay, so my shellfish shame game I want to play is uh, uh, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Nice. I think that that's the full title. Isn't yes, it? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So this game I've just heard so much about, and I think I picked this up. It was uh, on a Game Nerd's Daily Deal or something like that. So you know how that works out, and it was put on hold and finally got it. Uh, my understanding is like a tile laying game where you're building a yeah. castle out, and so, so a little engine building, a little tile placement. I mean, right up my alley, and and uh, I've heard really good things about it. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to pulling that out and playing that at some time. And uh, yeah, so that's my shelf of shame game. It's been still in shrink on top of my shelf. So yeah, <laughs> mine too. <laughs> Fits perfectly. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, at least with your card game, I think that's a that's a much quicker game, I think, than Castles of Mad King Ludwig. But so. still, it should be fun. Hopefully it can fit on my table. <laughs> I need to start picking the smaller games or something. I don't know. I, know, I just get a bigger table. That's that's my my <laughs> uh, solution to your problem. Get a bigger gaming table. <laughs> just keep getting yep. bigger. All right. Well, that's our shelf of shame. So we'll check in here in the next couple of weeks, just depending on our schedule here in Gen Con and uh we'll we'll see we'll we'll figure it out but we'll talk about it here next time we talk and uh we'll we'll give our thoughts and impressions of those games all right chris let's go ahead and move on to a quick love and hate all right chris love and hate this segment is a kind of a fun like what jovial where we just talk about something we love something we hate could be board game or not related but just Whatever. So, Chris, 
Want to start her out? Yes. My love for this week is talking to people about board games. Uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, we had a block party last night, and uh, I... I'm new to this area, About it, lived here about a year, and we've had several people move in and out. So I have a little cul-de-sac right by where our house is, and um, nice. the neighbors, we, they threw all a block party together. It was really awesome. It was really neat. And awesome. so we're out in the driveway last night, just uh, in the street, just talking to people and stuff. And and I wasn't the one who brought up board games; somebody else did. And so, <laughs> and then another buddy of mine, neighbor, he's like, "Don't you do a podcast?" And I'm like, "Why I do?" And so we started talking and nice. just found out some of these neighbors how they get into games and they uh-huh. try stuff. Uh-huh. And and Jamie whips out her phone and says, "Oh, you should see his game library," and shows the video <laughs> spanning of the. And they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And so. Oh, it's funny. So we were talking, one of the neighbors, uh, they got um, a betrayal at House on the Hill and oh, yeah, uh, they, they just, Top they didn't paper. understand it. They didn't, they didn't pick it up. They're, they're not, uh, um, as I would call hobby gamers yet, uh, but yeah. they're, um, they jumped into that one and just couldn't grasp it. Yeah, and that's, that's that is, and that's why I was trying to tell them, I said, that's not, ooh, that's not what I would call a gateway game versus, you know, your Carcassonne, your Ticket to Ride, your Catan, your Gollum Century Edition. Those, those are more, um, your four sales. Jamie's like, oh, you should play four sale. And I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll teach you those type of games to get into it and to learn the hobby better than that but uh, anyway but I mean it is a great game it is a great game you know it it might be one of those things that even if you played with them just like you being able to like it is definitely one of those games like I, I hate doing it where all right, here's the general overview. Let's just play and we'll yep. learn as we play. I hate playing games like that. Like some people like it, but most games it's very difficult to do. Like you can't do that with Century Golem, yep. right? You can't be like, let's just go into it. Like, all right, you're going to have a first couple terrible turns. But with this game, since it's cooperative at the beginning of the game, yep. you can kind of do it. It's all open um, because by the time like where it it goes foes, like whatever. Yep. And there's some mechanics that you might not even use depending on right, the haunt. Right. Uh, so that's definitely a great game that if you have one experienced person, even new people or no, and anybody's never played it, that one, that one experienced person can kind of teach yeah. as you go. So that might be something you could do just that's, to like, that's what I told, get yep. to know people. That's you what know? I told him. I said, Hey, if you ever want to experience that game, let me, let me proctor it for you. I run it. I said, I've got uh laminated game aids for that, that, <laughs> you know, those, those <laughs> nice. you step through and helps with the rules because yep. the, the, that rule book could be daunting a little bit. And if you don't understand the omen, or the haunts let's and be honest yeah. there can be some broken yes, rules there are. where it where yeah. when the rule comes out or when the haunt comes out you're like well how does that apply to this i don't know you kind of you make up yeah wing yeah. It in some you, you make a decision to go with it but yeah no it's that's one of my favorite games and uh anyway yep so but cool. yeah just that's fun talk, that's yeah, a good opportunity. it was fun it was fun so we got some takeaways we got a couple people like oh we're gonna have to check out your podcast so so we hopefully nice. have some well, good welcome listeners to the podcast yeah. hopefully have some good <laughs> listeners coming up but yeah so anyway it's they're they're good people and they're just i love it uh just talking with them that about getting into the games and and if if I can nice. make it a, a better experience for them to learn some of these games, it's like oh I love it, love it, love it. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. great. Well, that's kind of funny because my love is basically the same nah. thing actually. Uh, so uh, we're 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 working remote at work, right? And so I'm just on Zoom call like this whole week. I, I I've been like three to four hours of Zoom calls a day. Oh, geez. 
at the least. Uh, it's been a really busy week. We're kind of transitioning to the next release. Nobody really cares, but uh, just a lot of calls, <laughs> Zoom calls. Anyway, because I have the, I use the same podcast mic because it's hooked up to my computer. I have one of those little hubs. They flip from my computer, my PC sitting right here to my laptop, which is sitting here for work. And so I just use my mic because everything's set up. I don't have to switch my keyboard, mouse, whatever. So I just use my mic. Obviously, it sounds much better than like your headset or you know what most people use. And you can kind of see the mic and. I mean, I'm using yeah. the Shure mic, which is uh, kind of a professional mic, uh, and, and so it does sound it does sound better, obviously, than your average mic. So I always get a lot of questions, especially with people I've never been on the calls before or seeing, um, or you know, there's a lot of people in IT I've worked with for years, but you know, this might you know, I'm in a different area, and, and that happened this last week where I was in a call and I got a message in Teams, we're in the same meetings, like, hey, so like, are, do you? basically like why do you have this nice mic you know just for work <laughs> yeah and so i'm like yeah i got a podcast and they're like oh about what and you know board games and then they start asking questions about board games and stuff and and so uh this it, it, this person was saying well hey do you have any suggestions for a kid that's like 12 to 13 years old and uh and stuff like that i'm like you know what uh, we've done lists yes. for our Black Friday. And so I went while we were in the meeting, I went over and got my Google Doc, uh, copied and pasted the family, the ones for kids and older. You know, I kind of did those and organized it a little bit and sent it to her. And I highlighted a few of our, like, act, big favorites that we do with our families. And um, and I sent it to her. And then, like, it was like a week or two later, it was this last week, she messaged me again. She's like, so I got this, and I organized our closet, and now, like, now we have more space for games. And awesome. It's it just kind yeah, of fun, fun, just to yep. see, like, people, the excitement, and, yeah. and, and it's great. It, I, I love being able to do that. And it's really nice just to be able to off the cuff, hey, do you have any suggestions? Well, yes, because we have our we have our previous episodes. So if you are listening and you do want some suggestions, definitely go back to our Black Friday the last two years. Uh, we have some very long-form episodes. And I think this last year we actually broke it up instead of having a really long episode. Uh, check out those episodes where we go through our top lists and different categories, family, younger kids, uh, adults, teens, f uh, party games. Check it out. Uh, I just love doing that. And then, you know, people trying stuff out and, and enjoying it. And then and then also giving suggestions like also here's some places to buy it if you want to save some money. So I gave her, you know, our usual websites and things to check out. So check that out. If you have it. So uh, moving here, because we're running out of time, Chris, uh, what's a hate for you? Uh, one of my hates is poorly organized game boxes. I was just going through some old game boxes, oh, yes. and it makes me really appreciate the good ones that take them. But mm -hmm. then you get one of these bad ones where it's just, it may have this just filler. It's Generic. Like, yeah, exactly. And you're like, what the heck? Why do we have a big box for these little small deck of cards? And they <laughs> just know. slide all over. And, and there's no bags. Yeah, exactly. Or... And just little things like that. So, I mean, that's that's just a, a, a peeve of mine when I open up a box and you're like, what the heck? How's How do you organize and store this in here? Um, stuff like that. You know, game pieces rattling all over the place. Yeah. There's no made Especially blues. with setting up vertical. Yeah, like exactly. So, so I it, it makes me appreciate those those game companies and um that make those good boxes and organizes and has lists and you put them here and you put it take it out of the box and put it back in the box and it's all kept well uh just yeah I, i'm not not a big fan of poorly organized game boxes yeah, fancy flights and toys yep. for it. Yep. The the the, the generic uh, w uh, cardboard yep. insert where it's like flat and then it goes yep. in and there's like a little channel down and, the, and, and it's like all their games are like that. And it's like, 
what were you expecting me to do? And then you don't provide any baggies and everything. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay. Good job, Fantasy Flight Games. Um, so my love is kind of along the same lines, is uh, uh, is well-organized with instructions uh, for board games. Um, how many times even games where they mean, they give you baggies, they give you an insert that things fit in, and maybe there's a lot of little odds and ends that you put in the baggies, and you're supposed to put in these like recess. But a lot of times I'll end up like bagging everything up, and I have like five baggies left. Over. I'm like, <laughs> was I supposed to sort this differently? Yes. What like was I supposed to? Do? I I like why'd you give me five extra baggies? Or I'm going and I'm like, I have still have pieces and no baggies left over. But I mean, they gave me like six baggies, so they that has some thought. There's like Feast Road and is one of the reasons why I was bringing this up is that in the instruction book, there's like a whole page talking about like how you should organize it and, and telling yeah. you. And, and uh, Stonemeyer games is really good about that too, where it even has instructions, how to put it back in the box. Here's how you should do it. And, and Stonemeyer is notorious for like giving you extra baggies that they're kind of one of the ones like, what am I, what were you thinking? Like, okay, I'll just put these on the shelf. I don't really want to organize it any further, but um, I just like it when, if you have some kind of special organization in the game box, perfect. But then kind of, if it's not terribly obvious, give me some right. instructions on how I'm supposed to, because I don't want to waste or like, there's obviously some thought process put here. You spent some money manufacturing it this way. Now tell me how to use it. Like you tell me how to use the game, but you don't tell me how to use the box that you have a custom organization. Tell me how to utilize it. Like, give me instructions. Like it's not that hard, please. Just like one page with the, with the components. Give me like a little blurb. Anyway, I'm there with that, you. I love it when companies do do that. Cause uh, it's far and few between actually, even with, when they have custom inserts and a bunch of baggies and stuff, just tell me how to use it. Exactly. Anyway, that's my love. It could have been yeah. my hate too, kind of. Yeah. But <laughs> All right. Love hate relationship. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up our love and hate. Let's go ahead and move on and finish this up. All right, Chris, that'll probably wrap up our episode 116. I know we're kind of here short on time with our schedule. Um, anything coming up other than conventions yeah. coming up? Uh, games that you want to hit? Just, or? Really just focusing on uh, preparing for Gen Con. Um, like you mentioned, it's the three-week yep. countdown. Getting ready for that. Yeah. Getting all our travels. Working out the logistics with Rob. Uh, get that things organized. And then just figuring out what, what our what our uh, days are going to look like in, in yep. Indianapolis. So just starting nice. to prepare for that. Getting Exciting. getting ready. I, I, I got the uh, Gen Con badges and uh, the t- uh, the passes for the the tickets nice. for the events that we signed up for going to get some of those general admission tickets to to continue to look at see see what events are going to pop up and w- w- things we can go on the fly so jealous yeah <laughs> very jealous well cool uh i know we played uh emily and i played Clever Cubed again. Uh, I didn't talk about that, but uh, uh, we just want, I, I want to get some of those smaller games in, maybe some, like, I wouldn't say filler games, but like to get some of those smaller games in and get the uh, Castles yeah. of Mad King Ludwig and, and stuff, start getting some games. I, have, I, I keep getting games and from these day of the deals and... I can't, I'm I'm getting more games than I'm playing as a recent, which makes it a little difficult to uh, get games off the list, but... Yeah, what are you going to do? But uh, try to play some more games here. Finally got in a schedule of back to work. Emily's done with her work, so a little more time for us in the evenings this next week. So this is this upcoming week, uh, or this week if you're listening, uh, on Monday, is uh, 
it's the first week that Emily's off uh, from work, so every night now, uh, which is I think the first time in our whole marriage that both of us have all nights off nice. uh, from work. So that definitely opens up for more time in the evenings, obviously less uh, stress, less uh, tiredness and everything like that. So more opportunities to play games, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, not to mention that when she was working and we only had like one or two nights to play sometimes, some weeks, you know, when it was really busy, sometimes it would line up with a, a, a day where I just worked 10 hours. You know, I worked extra and it's just like... It felt like an obligation sometimes to play just to get the game in. It'll be nice not to have that feeling uh, going forward just because if it is, hey, we're both exhausted. All right, we'll just play Toronto. We got it available. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So just getting more games in and being jealous about you going to Gen Con. <laughs> All right. So I'm <laughs> just kidding. All right. Well, that'll wrap up 116. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We really do appreciate it. If you have any feedback or questions or anything, feel free to send those into our social media or email. You'll hear that at the end of the episode. Um, but from the games we play, I'm Brian. And I'm Chris. And keep on gaming. Join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Games We Play Pod and at gamesweplaypod at gmail.com.